time now to welcome in uh, a gentleman who is a Concordia alum. Did his GA years under John Beeline at the University of Michigan, now patrolling the sidelines at Ohio University. Our good buddy, the coach, Kyle Barlow. Coach Barlow, my friend, good morning to you, partner. We tried to wake you up yesterday. That wasn't going to work after you guys got a big road dub. Huh? What's going on over there? <laughs> Not much, man. Things are good. Things are good. we got Michigan winning ball games, the Pistons winning ball games. You're fixing college uh, Big Ten scheduling for basketball, man. I love it. I love it. Can I add one note? Uh, one note to the, to the scheduling czar for Big Ten basketball. I mean, I look, add all the notes that you possibly can. I love the rivalry idea, especially coming down to the last game. Actually, I got a couple notes. I lied. One uh, Note number one, you want Ohio State to have a rival? Send them down to Athens, man. Let's do this thing. Let's let's get this rivalry brewing. The Bobcats and the Buckeyes, the whatever, 50th installment. Let's do it, man. You know, we, we, we can play. We can be that rival, man, because every night – in it, night in and night out in the Big Ten, you get a quad one opportunity, right? You get an opportunity to improve your NCAA tournament resume. And I'm not really just talking about Michigan. I think that shit may have sailed. Uh, they're going to have to rely on the conference tournament. But I'm just talking about every night. You know, you look at um, Xavier, for, for an example. I know this is Big East, but similar. You know, they, they have um, a home game against Creighton. They get a win, right? Or was that Providence? I'm not sure. Or Satan beat Villanova, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you get all these opportunities, you know. We go on the road um, in the MAC. You know, you play Ball State, and it's just a dog fight. We get up 13 nothing, uh, ended up winning in overtime. But just an absolute dogfight. And it's like, yeah, those those games mean a lot, you know, because the top eight teams uh, go to the MAC tournament. But it's just different uh, when you're at that biggest level. So that's my first note. Second note, I think we should do all the East Coast, West Coast travel either during Christmas or that noon game on a Sunday. And here's why. During Christmas break, um, you know, when, when class is out, now you can leave the next morning and not have to rush back to class, right? You can kind of keep some sort of equilibrium for the players and the coaches um, to just kind of get uh, their bearing and not just absolutely kill yourself. And the other one, if you're playing that game on noon on Sunday, um, especially if you're, on the, uh, if you're on the East Coast, right, then, then those teams get back in plenty of time. Even if you're on the West Coast, you get home at a normal 9 or 10 p.m. that you would any normal night uh, when you're playing on a weekday. So those are my notes, Bolino. I like what you're doing. I like the scheduling czar. Love it. You know, and Ryan brought up a really great point. He said that coming this Christmas Day, Big Ten Basketball Rivalry Week, only on Peacock. Ooh, there we go. <laughs> Pause, pause Home Alone 2 on Peacock and switch it over. Pause the, the office Christmas specials uh, and, and throw it over to some uh, Michigan versus Michigan State. I love it, man. That's crazy about the, uh, the home teams just winning that game um, for the past, what, five years now, right? Yeah, and it's like it's like a vengeance game too because you know if if Michigan wins by fifteen, then Michigan State will win by you know sixteen. If Michigan wins by ten, then right. Michigan State will win by twelve. You know, it's just like it's back and forth. The one year each team won by nineteen points, and it's like how how does that happen? Um, you know, after after you know I, I, that I don't know, but I'm. I'm happy that the that it was brought up, like the the stat was brought up because somebody had just somebody had asked me last night, is Mich- are we on the bubble? I said the bubble of what? Like yeah. double bubble? Like yeah. what, what? What bubble are we on? The bubble of the NIT? Like yeah, we're not on the bubble. Like we'd have to win yeah. out plus win, probably win the Big Ten tournament in order to get into the NCAA tournament this year. 
the only way Michigan gets out of the bubble is if Jawan Howard uh, goes to Vegas with my man who climbed that spear and standing on top of it. That would be the biggest bubble they're on. And that's the only way they get out of Bellino. I don't care why he did it. I do care why he did it. It was a great cause. But that's the only bubble you're going to be on at that point. And, you know, you look at you look at last night's game as a perfect example. Um, you know, I think uh, and, and our, our boy um, Anthony Wright had it on his Twitter. Blue collar versus white collar, right? You got blue collar. I think you mentioned it. Diving all over the floor in Wisconsin. Somehow white collar Michigan who doesn't dive on the floor once ends up with the ball. You know, sometimes that's basketball. Sometimes that happens. And, they, you know, you, you want to ask why, you know, a 19-point win at home and a 19-point loss on the road. If you look at it, you know, like, like this weekend, this past weekend, we had our, our rival Miami in town. We had 10,000 people in the combo, a shade under 10,000. And that home crowd matters, man. And the players feed off of it. You know, the coaches feed off of it. Believe it or not, Bellino, the referees are human. They feed off of it, right? Like, nobody wants to call a charge and have the 10,000 people boo you. You want TV Teddy at home, Bellino. He takes the crowd cheers for him, Bellino. That's exactly why. <laughs> and one last one, one last note. I, I love how you're bringing up the scores and how, you know, very close they are, and you're almost competing to beat the team by more, right? Would Would you be okay, and this is probably not a college basketball thing because you still have – um, some competitiveness or most competitiveness night in, night out, especially in the Big Ten. Um, but maybe could we try it out for the NBA where if we play uh, at San Francisco or at uh, Golden State and they play at uh, Detroit, could we do an aggregate? Could we give that a look? You know, maybe a little midseason tournament aggregate. You get a home and away against the Bucks, and let's say you lose by 19 on the road to the Bucks. Now you're down 19 nothing at home to the Bucks. I don't know, man. I, so they I, I did that like in the it. in-season tournament. They 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 added the aggregate or the the total points or whatever and point differential as tiebreakers to advance, and that's why some yeah. teams some teams are like, oh wow, well, you're up thirty and still shooting. Like, yeah, I mean, you're down thirty and still not defending. Maybe like <laughs> maybe I should you know, look alive. One of the one of the comments that I uh, I have received and and I've been looking at is this idea that you know the the NCAA should expand the NCAA tournament. And I get where people think that, oh, this is going to be great. You know, OU is going to get in Providence, like all of the, you know, what about the Friars? It's not going to be it. it that, that's not going to be for the little guy. And I think that if anybody thinks any different, the mid-major is going to get housed just like they did them uh, with the new NIT. It's going to be the same exact principle, except for on a larger scale. They're going to allow, you know, the 500 and below 500 teams to get into that tournament from the high major schools before they ever let, you know, you know, some of these uh, other leagues that are mid-major or low-major schools uh, get two bids. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, they already showed you what they're going to do when they did this to the NIT. No doubt. And, and we, I feel like we have this conversation almost every year and, and it's good. I, I, I like it, but let's, I say we keep it the same, man. And even if you read, um, I think it was Greg Sankey's comments on, you know, the big 10 and SEC football. And then I think he made a straight comment about, you know, I think basketball needs to stay the same way. You know, you need to have that mid-major presence in the NCAA tournament, which is what makes it great. 
And if, if we're talking expansion, like we're, we're, we're already kind of bulging at the belt a little bit, right? Like we didn't have the playing games as of what, 10 years ago, right? You didn't have these sort of things. So it's like, yeah, you're kind of expanding little by little, but man, I think you just got to keep it the way it is. It's, it's a one shot. Um, everybody has a chance in a single game and in a, in a, in a, on TNT or on true, whatever, you know, you have a chance to win. So yeah, no, I, I hear people's arguments. I just don't understand how that would make the product better no and i I think that college hoops needs to stay the same as well i just think that uh maybe instead of 33 conferences we could probably trim that down a little bit like i i do think that in college football is the same i think that when you when you talk about we have 133 programs competing for a national championship like no you don't you had the power five, which is now the power four. And you might, you might, if a team's good for multiple years in a row, you may allow them in a new year's six game. You know what I mean? Like, okay, here, like we might let you into the college football playoff, but probably not because it's an invitational. It's not based on any set criteria. It's just made up as we go along. Whereas the NCAA tournament, we know what it takes to get in. You win your conference tournament game. Boom. You're an automatic qualifier. And then from there, they will put together their net rankings and all their analytics and they'll have their sheets and the powers that be will pick and choose who gets to play. And I'm going to have to believe that that's based upon the fact that they know who the best teams are. Like, get out of here. I think there's a little bit of other shenanigans taking place. Uh, but for me, I, I think we just need to be very clear in defi- and this is why I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of college football breaking away. I'm actually a fan of college basketball breaking away as well. And I know it would be challenging after because last week I nominated and hired myself to be the commissioner of the PGA Tour uh, because I fixed that with the live thing. But I think that, you know, in my spare time after being the commissioner of college football, I could take over college hoops, put together a really good committee that would make the product better uh, overall. I thought it was rich that Rick Patino of all people's talking about we need a salary cap i'm like well you know if patino's got to be the one to say it then don't doesn't everybody think that maybe we should start listening to some of these ideas coming from x's and bros on the michigan sports network no hey i i I agree with you there and i actually liked uh rick patino's um uh, comments and suggestions right like so what did you think of them i know i know um you know can you separate the person from the statement, right? Because Ricky P's been doing it a long time, but winning a lot of games. What did you think about um, his suggestions that he threw out? So I, I, I like it, um, to be honest with you. I think that this is a really good idea, and I think that there's an easy way to do it because the NCAA doesn't have control over the TV contracts, right? Um, until you get to, what, the tournament? Because all the conferences are, are doing it differently. And I think that this is where the commissioner has to come in and say, all right, look, this is what we're going to do. And and of course, it's Dartmouth, of all people, that wins that battle with the National Labor Relations Board. And so I think that in what Rick Pitino said for basketball, have the Power Five and the Big East Conference commissioners get together, create a salary cap between one and a half and two million, all contracts delivered to the league and school offices. Um, all other conferences establish their own salary cap. I would never exclude anyone from the NCAA tournament. Obviously, football is a different sport entirely, and some of their talent makes more than NFL players more solutions to follow in the coming days. The solution is very simple. Have the players unionize, get your contra- get your television contracts, and divide, divide the pie into quarters. A quarter to the program, a quarter to the players, a quarter to the university. Right in a quarter to the the league that's going to operate this thing. Boom! You got an even twenty five percent split across the board. Spend it how you may. Now, do you if you do that, the pr- biggest problem I see 
is, well, twofold. One, do you have any power of um, subpoena or are you just relying on, look, if you're employees and we have the salary cap and now you're messing with it and you're going over, you're talking about IRS, unreported income, right? All that stuff. You're talking about that. And two, do you still have NIL and how does that look? No, NIL, NIL completely, that completely goes to, to the, to the wash. Like I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing away with the, with the bag, man. We're going to make these guys, it's a salary cap. You could sign a contract. I would do it based upon uh, your years invested in the school. So a, a fourth year senior has um, like, think about like mid-level exceptions or uh, think about like uh, your, your veteran minimums type of deal where a four-year player has an opportunity to get the quote unquote college supermax, where a guy who's been there for right. four years has them as an opportunity to make the most money uh, out of anybody. And so there's a little bit of incentive, too, to keep guys around a little bit longer, you know, because, hey, we're getting a paycheck. We can still develop. We can figure all this out. We can do so that there's not an egregious amount of money where some kids randomly getting five million and hasn't even touched the ball at the college level yet. Mm, I like that. Um, because, uh, can I add on to that? Can you, get- you're part of my committee. You didn't know this. Boom, you're hired. <laughs> Tell Jeff Bowles, you got to go. We got more. We got more work to do here. Can you get a loyalty exception that doesn't go against the cap if you stay for your fourth or fifth year with the same school, similar to the NBA, right? The NBA, you can only offer, you, if you're the uh, the franchise that you're been with, you can offer more money than other teams can't, right? Can we get a little bonus that doesn't go against the cap if, let's say, Hunter Dickinson decides to play his fourth year at Michigan instead of transferring? Can, can, can we throw in a little bonus incentive uh, with that? Can yeah, that's like how you that? get the Supermax, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And the only problem with that I see is, is the NIL because even when you're in the NBA, cause this is like an NBA format is an NFL, you know, hockey format, whatever, even in all those leagues, you're still allowed to capitalize on your name, image and likeness. Now what we're seeing right now is really like, it's made up money. It's, it's, it's monopoly money. Like nobody's paying, you know, some of these guys at Ohio state a million dollars, to, to sit at a Ford dealership, right? It's just stupid. It's not what the going rate is. It's, but you're overpaying, you're inflating it, so you can get those players so you can win a national championship. If you have your salary cap, which I love that idea. I love Rick Pitino. I love your idea there, too. So why can't you do a commercial and it's a real NIL opportunity instead of this fake made-up NIL? This is why we got to have uh, the people are like, well, 25% to the league. Like, what do you mean? Somebody's we got to pay somebody to watch this stuff. Like that's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. If it's a legitimate uh, name, image and likeness commercial deal on the side, uh, just like right. LeBron James would be a spokesperson for, I don't know who's doing old spice now or, or uh, Travis Kelsey and Pfizer, right? There's a good one. Yeah. You know, if you got an yeah. actual commercial and it's, and it's, uh, you know, it's airing like, yeah, I mean, but we need to see, you know, when were you scheduled to appear? How long was your appearance, right? How long does that commercial run for? Uh, how long is the actual commercial spot? How many times is it aired? What station is it aired on? Like, there's a lot of investigative work. You're going to have to pay some people. For, for example, yes. Yeah, and for example, this just popped in my head. What about Caitlin Clark? Like, her NIL, her name, image, and likeness is worth way more than if Iowa basketball gave her $4 million out of the $4 million cap or $2 million out of the $2 million cap and then just filled a bunch of um, 
uh, walk-ons around her. Her NIL value goes way beyond that because of the interest she's drawn, the arenas she's selling out. So she should be able to make her whatever salary at Iowa and then do a, you know, a discount double check. Maybe she wants to bundle uh, home and auto. You know what I mean? Like she, she Be careful be for mayhem. <laughs> like, but, but that's just an example, but she, that is, that is a transcendent athlete whose name is probably bigger um, than the sport in general right now. And she should be able to make money off of that because in the NBA, I think you lose some of that or the WNBA, you lose some of that marketability because college sports is still special. You know, you're going, she's going to Ohio state and Ohio state is selling out their arena. Right. And, it, and it's not because, you know, it's just a big game. It's, it's different. Right. So yeah. I do think there has to be an avenue there where yes, it's fair market value. You know, her fair market value is a lot different than somebody on uh, Indiana, a uh, women's player in Indiana. Right. But like, we have to get rid of this pay for play uh, donor funded. I just want to see my team win because at that point we're just going back to the old model and they're getting a piece of revenue sharing. Yeah. It, it, the, the current states and Terry said the downside of college players union is that they can legally go on strike. How would you like your school to lose? Let's say a third of its season. Uh, Terry, I, I work at Michigan. We've already, we've already gone on strike for a third of our season. What do you mean? Like I've, <laughs> I, 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 sur- I survived the rich rod era. Are you kidding me? We went on strike for years. Come on, Terry. What's the matter with you? Yeah. Like, look, it's all, it's all part of the game, but that's why we have to collectively bargain the revenue, yeah. right? And, yeah. and even if you want to say that 50% goes to the program, 25% to the players, and 25% to the governing institution that's going to figure all this stuff out, however they want to, however they want to pair this and split it, um, it just, it's something that needs to be done because the Wild West of the transfer portal and the pay-for-play disguised as NIL is just not good for anybody. But you know who is good for everybody? The coach, Kyle Barlow. Find him on Twitter at KyleBarlow4. Send your kids recruiting tapes there. Congrats on the road, Dub. Good luck this weekend, my friend. Thank you, sir.